Hello, everyone, and you're listening to Through the Lens, WEGL 91.1 FM's number one, one and only movie podcast. I'm Alex Houston alongside Davis Carroll, and we thank you for joining us. Davis, how you doing? This is the second episode of the semester. How you feeling? Feeling all right. How about you, Alex? I'm doing pretty good myself. Very excited to uh, delve into this episode as we discuss one of the most highly praised movies in recent memory, Parasite, one of the best foreign language films I would say ever, and one of the best movies ever based on all the awards it won, including Best Picture. Um, But first, of course, as always, we're going to get into some movie news before talking about the film Parasite. First and foremost, Ed Asner has passed away at the age of 91. He played Santa in the film Up, that is not, no, no, sorry, Santa in the film Elf, starring Will Ferrell, and that is not to be confused with the fake Santa that he saw at um, the mall. This is the entirely real Santa, of course, in the entirely real movie Elf, and also a role not as recognized for Asner due to its animated quality. He played Carl in the film Up. Davis, uh, Up I've seen is kind of a very divisive, not divisive, but a lot of people have split opinions on that movie. What do you think of Up as, you know, one of Pixar's animated films? I like it. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, I'm going to be honest. I've seen most of the Pixar movies at least once. Uh, Up, I mean, it's a good movie all around. I've seen it a f- maybe a few times. Last time I saw it was probably five years ago, though, I'm going to be honest, even though I've said that already like four times. Uh, it's good. Not my favorite, though. Interesting. So, like, you know... Were you one of the people who thought it was a bit overrated when people mm-hmm. talked about how emotional it was? I mean, or? like, first time I watched it, that, that the scene where it's like the grandmother dies, or not the grandmother, the wife, wife dies. Yeah. I mean, that is emotional. I didn't cry or anything, but, like, it, it did a good job of pulling at your heartstrings. I think it I think it did everything right in the movie. Yeah, I would say so, too. I think that, I think that opening montage is probably the best moment of the movie for me. But um, I think other Pixar movies are still just true, better. True, I agree. And... Asner passed away only a few days after the new uh, Pixar short series titled Doug Days is coming out with Asner back to voice Carl as well as the dog Doug and Davis. Who is the who is the kid that uh, is the other character in the movie? No clue. Oh my gosh! Now I gotta Google this. <coughs> Davis, whoa! It's just drainage. I know it is. Uh, let's see. Um. Oh Russell, that's who it was. I got I completely. Uh, he's trying to get that. his. He's trying to get his patches. That's right. That's right. But yeah, so that show will be coming out on Disney Plus soon, which uh, I think will be Asner's last hurrah. I'm not certain how many other movies and you know roles he was involved with towards the end of his life. But yeah, that will be coming out. And then there was uh, one of the big movie events of the year. CinemaCon was this weekend, and Davis quite a lot came out. More Ghostbusters Afterlife footage. Davis, did you see the trailer for the initial trailer for it? No, I don't. I don't. I don't see many trailers. What exactly do you do with all your time, Davis? I'm doing schoolwork mostly. Ooh, that's unfortunate. I don't mind it. I'm gonna be honest. Oh wow, Davis is a fan. It's of interesting. School. That's true. I'm at, that's reading's true. pretty interesting. That, that's a fair Exhumed point. memories, which <laughs> pretty interesting. You, you uh, most of you know that Davis is back in the law and justice field, not back, but now in the law and justice field. Very exciting times. He'll be your lawyer. If you stop, everybody stop telling him I'm going to be the if lawyer. You, if you, I got to make it first. Oh, dude, okay, yeah, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. But um, yeah, so Ghostbusters Afterlife is, is that the one with Paul Rudd? Yes, it's supposed to be the true sequel to um Ghostbusters because the Ghostbusters movie that was titled Ghostbusters that had all the female Ghostbusters instead. Well, one, it I wasn't Bill very Murray. it wasn't very good. And two, it's it wasn't like it was like in a different universe or Never whatever. Saw it. it was weird. I don't know. But this one actually um is supposed to be the like not direct, but you know, the the follow up because they even have the original car and the first trailer ends with Dan Aykroyd picking up the phone and you're like Oh my, gosh. oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Well, yeah, because he's. Have you seen the original Ghostbusters? Yes, Alex, I've seen the original. Ghostbusters. Some people haven't seen. I was just asking. They're older movies. <coughs> older movies from a kind of different group because they're. I mean, like Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd are not. I don't know. They were. They were an interesting group of comedians at the time, and not a lot of people that I know that are my age grew up knowing who they were and watching their movies. What'd you think of the original Ghostbusters? I liked it. I don't think I've ever seen two. I'm gonna be honest. Ah, yes. But I liked the original one. I haven't seen it in a long time. But I. It's one of those movies like I remember the plot. I could probably give you the rundown right now. The it's question, pretty simple. The question is, did you always think that the Stay Puffed Marshman, Marshmallow Man was real? Because I thought he was. Turns what? out they just made him up in the movie. Like I thought I thought that was like an actual brand. Oh, I didn't really care, 
honestly. Okay, well, I didn't really think about it. I, I I thought it was he was like the the long lost brother of the Michelin Man. Turns out not so much. Very unfortunate. I bet, they try, I bet money they try to use the Michelin Man first. I bet that's a fun trivia. That's a, that's a I will like we'll have, we'll, have to, we'll have to search that up for our eventual Ghostbusters episode. I kind of want to do it. Mm, that'd be a good one. Do all three of them, including the one not so good one. You know, I think it'd be fun. Um, uh, some other news. Yes, Candyman came out. Oh, that's right. That's right. It I want to see it. It looks really good, and it's a remake of the classic, pretty cult, cult classic, pretty underrated Candyman movie from the 80s or 90s, I think it was, and actually has uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II in it, who is Black Mantis in- Manta. Manta. Oh, I meant that. That's what I meant. And uh, 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 I just forgot the word, uh, Aquaman, and he is yes. also- what I knew him from, which I just figured out a second ago, he is uh, Bobby Seal in The Trial of Chicago 7. That's right. He is. Because I was like, I've seen him before, but I don't know where. I know he was wearing a turtleneck when I saw him. That's right. He was in that. I had, I had forgotten about that myself. But yeah, that movie uh supposed to be good based on all the reviews I heard so far. The trailer is an interesting. Really it's an interesting horror movie. Indeed. It, it looks really good. Maybe we'll do it during October. Spooky Maybe. season part two. I we can know. watch the original one and compare it to the... I think that'd be fun. Um, additionally, at CinemaCon, footage from Jurassic World Dominion was released. I didn't get any details on it, but oh, brother. They're going to keep milking it. I, I mean, I'm not going to watch anything about it. I cannot adequately express how lacking in excitement I am for this. And that means no disrespect to the Jurassic Park series. I love Jurassic Park, the series, when it's at its best. You know, the first movie, I think... The scene when in in the second film when the T Rex gets into uh into San Diego is awesome. It's like it takes the whole what if dinosaurs were Roman actually among us, you know what I mean? In in that particular case. And the third one is not good. I don't like it at all. Um and I like Jurassic World. I didn't see Jurassic World two, I had no interest in it. And then for this, I just I mean, like I one thing that annoys me the most is that, you know, with the use of CGI instead of instead of you know animatronics, these new movies actually look worse than the original Jurassic Park did in some instances. Like when the full T Rex and the big you know that big uh, climactic scene in the first movie when the track breaks and everything, when that thing is like its full animatronic self, it's so much cooler than just oh there's a CGI dino there, there's a CGI dino there. I hope that some directors will start seeing that practical effects are just objectively better, better? Yeah. in some ways. I, I CGI is awesome. I mean, it's a, it's a marvel of technology. But, like, uh, w- working with practical effects just looks better, looks more realistic. CGI, when everything's CGI like Marvel movies are, where they literally just do it on a blue screen, it just feels lifeless in a lot of ways to me. Yeah, I would say, um, I would say part of the problem is that studios are a lot cheaper. I would say, I'd you say, know. I'd say it's the opposite because how they're spending more money to make all these C- how much money does marvel spend on a movie okay and you well, know it is 99 percent cgi okay but also the cast list are part of the budget as well and actors are getting paid more you know you're 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 selling for star power in a different way than you ever were before robert yep. downey jr is making 50 million dollars to be in spider-man there's still a few directors that like to use practical effects. Christopher Nolan's the biggest one, obviously. He he's yeah. I mean, David Fincher's really big about it too. Yeah, I would say James the, Gunn did it in Suicide Squad. The use of practical effects in a film like Interstellar was really unlike anything we've ever really seen because that movie would have been so easy to make in CGI. I mean, it just would have been easier, and they didn't. And they used practical effects when they could, and it really made that movie stand out among the rest. Now, additionally, CinemaCon news. The trailer for Matrix 4, at least I think it's called Matrix 4, it's Matrix Resurrections actually, uh, was released. Details on it, and how, how familiar are you with the Matrix uh, series? Uh, I've seen them all. i played the really? game as well. And I- Yahya Abdul-Mateen II is also in Matrix 4. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Yaha, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who we just talked about earlier, who's also in Matrix 4. So he's up and coming, I'd say. Yeah, I Pretty would say actor. so. Pretty and cool. uh, are you excited for this movie, Davis? <coughs> like, no. Not at all. I mean, like, I like the Matrix and all, but like, I'm not dying for a fourth one. The yeah. third one, it kind of ended on like a a whimper. I I have only seen the first one. I've been meaning to watch the second and They're third. Okay. I, I think I think doing a Matrix trilogy episode would be fun, just to say, hey, the first one's really great. The rest, not so much. But um, I'm interested to see because it took so long and it's still got the same directors and you know Keanu is coming back. But like hearing the concept of the trailer, so the trailer opens with him as Thomas again. 
which was his name from when he was in the simulation or whatever you want to call it. Um, and he's being like uh, counseled on therapy for these weird dreams that he had. And everyone's like, and, and mm. throughout the trailer, he's taking blue pills. And everyone's like, what does this mean? So, I mean, one thing that I think hurt the trilogy, based on just what I've heard, is the first one was such a exceptional concept and idea of where to take a movie, and they didn't really know how to build off of that. You know what I mean? It was just like, it, you know, it was they put all their eggs in one basket, all the great, you know, CGI things, all the amazing fight scenes in one thing, and then it's like, where do you go, you know? Comparatively to Star Wars, where A New Hope is relatively grounded by comparison to, you know, the rest of the original trilogy. And I think in this case, these movies, in part, really sort of lost that luster when they started to sort of flow in a similar group. And this one, its trailer sounds interesting. I I wonder where they're going to take that. I really do, because I think that's an interesting concept, because I thought the twist and turns of realizing he's in the simulation at the beginning of the movie is one of the best things about it. You know, it really makes the opening act and the exposition so much more worth it and so much more enjoyable because, you know, you're just trying to figure out what the heck is going on. And I think that's a tool that's been used by other people before. And I think the matrix really pioneered that whole confuse the audience in the first 30, make it to where the exposition is not as tire as tiresome as it has been in a lot of movies. And I'm interested to see where it would go. Because again, they've taken their time with this. They haven't released any trailers yet, you know, except except just now. And it's not even on YouTube yet. It's not. You hear you can find people describing it, but it isn't. There is not an audio or video file of the tra- of the trailer, and, and that's just interesting to me. I think I do wonder how it'll how it'll be though. But I think it's exciting, and also I'm for anything that involves the the renaissance of Keanu Reeves' career. You know what I mean? That's I like you know. I'm a full support of whatever, you know. Even even though I'd never seen Bill and Ted, I'm like, good on Keanu for getting back in the in the Hollywood game in every facet, you know. He's had a career renaissance only comparable, I would say, to basically Liam Neeson taking a break and then becoming an action star in his late fifties and sixties. Like that that's the only really comparison I can think of because it was so sudden. But yeah, I think this will be exciting. And Again, I haven't seen the, the the second and third films yet, so I can't really say you know where it left off and where it's going. But I don't know; they took their time with this one. I'm I'm very curious to see where it'll go. Um, and additionally, Davis, earlier earlier uh, last or late last week, you told me about your theory regards to Spider Man based on the trailer, something that you had seen. Why don't you tell us a bit about that and what do you and what you think? All right, so I can't say I completely came up with this theory myself. For the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, which we are trying to talk about, maybe we can leave that in, what just happened. And if not, everybody will be confused about what's happening, what I'm referring to. I think it'll be a good idea. But uh, I can't take all credit for this theory. I saw a post that said Toby or Tom Holland's Spider-Man, Peter Parker, was wearing the same suit as Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man in Spider-Man 3, I think it is. Maybe it was 2. One of those two. Yeah. Which... I mean, that's an interesting thing to maybe look at because the implications of that would be that maybe Tom Holland's Spider-Man is just switching places with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, which I would not be happy about at all. Yeah. What? Tell me what you, yeah, what'd you think about? What would you think about if that is what ends up happening? I would be livid. Livid? Wow. Strong word. Yeah. I mean, like, so... Uh, I really just can't explain how mad I would be if they pulled a cop out like that. Because it's a it's a classic loophole, right? You know, it's the it's yeah. And I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they would do. I mean, it makes sense from a business perspective why they would do that. No, it doesn't. Know. No, it does not. I, okay, you would make so much more money if Tobey Maguire so, and Andrew Garfield. So were that so is two more demographics you can think, pull in to see this movie. Think about think about um. Think of the MCU as I'm trying to find a good comparison. Think of it as a TV show, right? It is a TV show. Yeah. Okay. Essentially, and think of the main character of Spider-Man played by Tom Holland. He, you have a nine-season show. He is going to be there for all nine seasons, right? Now, if you introduce him in the first three and introduce him in the first six seasons, and you're constantly throwing in, you know different actors and characters to pull away from his spotlight and make him less established in the grand scheme, how does that go to building your brand? 
his brand is already built. Marvel does not care about how Tom Holland's brand is built because they don't no, own him. They care about how the character's brand is They don't is care built. because they don't own him. I mean, I think it's listen, in, in their best interest listen, to create a star. They beat. They already have. Tom Holland is getting jobs he should not be getting already. Dave's not a fan of Tom Holland. I like Tom Holland, but like he's a still a new actor, and he has not proven his acting chops yet. And he's already getting so much praise in all these big roles. He was really good in The Impossible, but that's when he was like a kid. So, but anyway, go ahead. But my point is, I mean, like he's brand new. He's getting all this work because he's a Marvel worker. I mean, I think he can be a good actor. I think he's shown promise, but like. He's brand new, and he's getting all these roles that Tobey Maguire, a pretty established actor who I think was good at one time, isn't even getting roles like that. Yeah, I would say... I'm not um, saying he's taking roles from people. I'm not going to be like that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, of course. Okay, of course. but listen. If Marvel introduces Andrew... They already showed that Alfred Molina is going to be in it. Yeah. So if they do that, they give my mouth water, and they go, oh, actually, Tobey Maguire's not in it, by the way. It it's an easy cop out, and it's the thing is though it's interesting because it would also and this is gonna sound really stupid, um, but it would technically be Marvel once again reestablishing the rules of an established concept because like for example time travel they reestablish time travel rules in Endgame because every other time travel movie in history has been what you do in the past affects the future and then Marvel's like nope which. I still don't agree with that, and maybe one day when we talk about those movies, we can. They re- whatever. What, what, what say, well, they just they fix it at the moment, so it yeah. doesn't really affect it. No, but like, 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 but no, they they said no, not about fixing the moment. They, they remember he Bruce Banner's Hulk says doing what you in the past doesn't even change the future in any way, which is a new concept. I don't remember that. It if I, I'm sure it happened. I just don't remember it. I, I did not like it at all in that regard. I like the fixing it. That's fine, but they essentially established that no matter what they do, nothing will change. But anyway, sort of. Um. This would be the second reestablishment of a multiverse rule because traditionally the way the multiverse tends to work is you do not go in the position of the character's world that you're in. You were just there alongside them. Yes. Like, you know, like what we saw with Loki, there are multiple Lokis. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, you know, Loki would jump in and replace classic Loki or alligator Loki or whoever the heck they had. He was there with the other ones, right? And this would be reestablishing for the sake of cheapness essentially because you're like oh this new rule or this is or this this is also could just be fakely teasing the multiverse because we couldn't we may not even get it till doctor strange this could just be a temporary thing who knows but essentially what it sounds like it, 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 based on that theory is it's going to be him just supplanting into different people like different spider-man's Which lives I, that'd be stupid yeah i i'm not it doesn't make sense in the world either that's true. Because they're different people. That's true. And, and again, if, if I mean, if it is the multiverse, then it contradicts Loki's thing. Because Loki didn't jump around being different Lokis. He was, you know, they, they were all collectively their own people. But Hear anyway. me out business-wise. Business Sony has a hand in what Marvel does. True. They can take away Spider-Man anytime they want. I guess not. They sign a contract. But they can still just be like, hey, we want Sp- We don't want you to make this Spider-Man movie. Give him back. We want, we want him to be in Venom 2 and 3. <coughs> It would make more sense for them to push for Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield to be in the movie because then they now have a jumping off point to reboot both of those franchises, make a Spider-Man 4 and Amazing Spider-Man 3, make them more money, be separate from the MCU, sure. of course. I'm not sure I'm, I'm not sure they do that, but like how much more money would you make? And if Marvel's smart and Sony's smart, they will not advertise if Andrew, McGu- Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are in it until like really close or they don't at all and you go see the movie and it's a surprise. And then it builds and builds and builds. So so they're not going to come out they should not come out and say oh they're not in it because I just might not even go see it at that point. Well they already I have, I mean, they basically already have attempted to dispel rumors saying oh they're not in it even. But though. like if they get super close and like they change they make it somehow more official. You know what I mean? They're like oh yeah they're genuinely not going to be in the movie sorry to ever lead you on. Then I wouldn't go. I probably might not go see it. I'd be like, well, that's the only reason I really want to see it. But if they wait and they show up in it, I'd be very happy. Yeah. Um. I'm just. I. You know, they did. They are bringing <laughs> Sam Raimi back into the fold with uh, Multiverse of Madness, so that is a potential starting point there. I, I'm curious to see what they'll do. I. It's just there's a lot of possibilities, and I think. I don't know what's in the best interest of the MCU short-term or long-term. I would say that 
they've done all the announcing they need to do. Like they don't need to show Peter and or sorry, Tom McGuire and Andrew Garfield yet. You've shown Alfred Molina's Doc Ock, which by and the you, way, I'm so excited for that. I, I, I said that too. last week, but like you've all like, they've also basically shown Green Goblin. Yeah, in, in some form, of course. Of course, we don't know because they only showed the explosion. We and you heard that. his laugh. Uh, yeah. You heard Willem Dafoe's laugh, and I've seen on-set photos from it, so I, he's I, in I, it. I, I've been I've been tricked before by trailers. <coughs> he's in it. Him been, and Jamie Foxx are in it. Jamie Foxx has confirmed it. He posted a picture on his Instagram about it. That's true, he did. And he? I'm pretty sure Tobey Maguire, or I mean, he was like, someone said, I'm glad to be working with Tobey Maguire again. I, somebody did. I don't remember who that was. Um, but, yeah, so that is, um, in essence... I mean, it's it's an exciting chance for the MCU to really, you know... I think the multiverse is a great opportunity, for one, because I think that's why comic books work, you know? Like, there's the... um, Just the more characters you have, the better. I am excited for where it goes further, especially with X-Men. And Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four is kind of your dad's lame favorite comic. Hey, they're not... I know, honestly, they're not lame, but, like, they're not as cool as they used to be. That's because their movies were terrible. And they just recently, I mean, like, I guess they're still in comics, but, like, since the MCU started, they're just not nah, as cool. Nah, and then that, okay, that that's, that, <coughs> Davis needs to invest in some cough drops, evidently. It's just, like, it doesn't even hurt, it's just, like, a little bit of mucus back there. Oh, I gotta gosh. clear, I gotta keep clearing it, or it'll start sounding like. That's what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying, some cough drops, I'm saying. It might, I don't have a cough, little, I'm just little, doing that to clear my throat. But, it, never mind, anyway, um, I, I just, yeah, I, I think Fantastic Four, I mean, Reed Richards in the comics is really cool. Um, like he's like one of the geniuses that you know, like he's and part he's of the annoying. Illuminati thing, like whatever, which is a thing within. It's very confusing. Um, and their son's like a world destroyer. Yeah, something like that. But I think it'd be cool. But the problem is that they've fallen flat in three movies, from Jessica Alba's wig to whatever the heck went wrong. In the, and I didn't even, I don't even think I saw a f- uh, fan four stick. Did, did you? I knew it was going to suck right when I saw the first trailer. I remember that. I had optimism. I had a friend that was like, this is going to be so good. I was like, this is going to suck. And then it sucked. I thought the first trailer looked cool. Then I saw the second and third. I was like, oh, maybe not. Maybe it's a bad idea. Maybe it's a bad idea. Um, But now, Davis, ooh, first of all, before we get into Parasite, because we're only discussing this one film uh, today, once again, this foreign film expedition is twofold. One, it's to educate ourselves on the great foreign films that are out there because there are so many, some noticed and some unnoticed. There's probably more great foreign films than there are great English films, just by multiplicity's sake. I don't I, think I use that correctly. I don't think you use that correctly either, but I would say... <laughs> um, I would say... There's more languages. That's true, but... More countries that speak different but languages. But who pushes... I mean, English-speaking countries push out so many more movies. Do they, though? Bollywood goes crazy. True. True. So does the Chinese movie market. True, 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 true. That's fair. That's fair. Um, But I would say, you know, we're doing this as a twofold I, thing. I, I did use multiplicity, right, by the way. It just means a large number or a large variety. From, okay, so I guess maybe. But also to sort of educate those listening, you know, because there are really some great movies out there that if you just, if you just go past the subtitle barrier, you open up a world of possibility. I believe that the director of um, Parasite said a variant of that as well. <coughs> Essentially, talking about if you can get past subtitles, there's so much to yes. see and so much to explore in uh, cinema. And Davis, what in your opinion makes foreign films so good? Because I've said this before on the show. I guess I'm about to say it again. It just really gives you a glimpse into. That's how. That's why I just love to learn about different languages and different cultures in general. You just learn about things that you wouldn't usually learn about. Because uh, how many people from South Korea do you know personally? Uh, none as of right now. I had now. a teacher that was from South Korea. Ah, really? And I'm technically related by marriage to somebody from South Korea, so I've learned a little bit about that from them. My, my cousin's by marriage. Uh, but yeah, like, how often are you going to learn about South Korea? It's true. And how often are you going to watch, like, news from South Korea to really get their culture besides watching this movie. That's a good point. And I would say additionally, in the case of particularly Parasite, but a number of movies, is you're going to see an amalgamation, good word, um, of styles. Because, you know, the director of Parasite, Bong Joon-ho, who won the Oscar for Best, Best director. director as well, he um, had his translator uh, give a quote that was very <coughs> important to him. And... Um, when he mentioned that quote, he said that that was actually from Martin Scorsese, who is one of the best English directors on the planet. You know, English-speaking directors, I mean. Um, 
And I think you're going to see, you know, a lot of, you know, like what he learns from the Korean film industry and then what he learns from American film. Because that's one thing that you get when it comes to American versus foreign films is foreign films are exposed to American films more than we we Americans are exposed to foreign films, right? You know, we have a bigger industry of our own Hollywood and whatnot compared to other countries. So we tend to, at least traditionally, most American citizens tend to just take in American films. And again, by extension, the American actors and directors, while we'll watch any films because they are, you know, they're in film for a reason, right? They will still traditionally take in more American films while People in other industries, such as the Korean film industry, will witness a lot of American films because they have more international releases. You know, not many foreign films get international releases in America. Well, I right? think there's also a stigma True. in America around foreign language films because yeah. I know so... I'm not going to name any names. I guess I can't... Re- Look, I know so many people that... There's a lot of people in America that think people that don't speak English are dumb. That's just kind of like the stereotype. Like, they'll talk... Slow. I don't know. I, I personally have not, but I guess that... that I mean, yeah, I, like, I, don't, I don't deny that's it. That's the whole thing. Like, yeah, you know, know, like when you speak to a Spanish speaker or like how some people, when they speak to a Spanish speaker, they speak like really loud and really slowly to them when in their in their respective language, they could be smarter than you could ever imagine. That, yeah, that, you know, you know, you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that, that's 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 a fair point. That's a fair point. And I, and I do think, again, there is there is uh, that wall of subtitles. Someone says nobody wants to, you know, and particularly with an older generation that's are that for one thing just can't read because they have they, they can't see mm-hmm. like legitimately, nobody wants to stare at a screen and read the words. They wish to be able to watch the movie and listen rather than having to stare intently for because the fact is watching Parasite, you can't look away. You have to look at the screen at all times or you will miss what they are saying. That's part of what makes it awesome, in my opinion, because every detail is used. But anyway, I think foreign films really are just exceptional. I think Parasite opened a door for a lot of people because it made you know two hundred fifty-eight million dollars worldwide. It opens a door to people to get come interested in languages. Exactly. exactly. Quick PSA: Just because someone struggles with English doesn't mean they're dumb. Davis, we are, I think we already gathered that when you. No, I want to. I want to make okay. it explicit. Okay. Thank. Thank you. We Davis. learned about that in my English class a few years ago. Ah, I don't remember what I learned in my English class a few years ago. Um. English is a hard language to learn. That is true. That is definitely true. Cause it, so, so be nice to people trying to learn the it. Rule, Help them out. The rules. That, they, there you go. There you go. Um, but now on to Parasite, the film. Davis, I'm gonna start with you because I've got. Well, well, how about this? How about the way we're gonna go through is we're gonna talk about just the movie itself, and then more talk about the implications that it may have thematically. Because I think that's a twofold thing. You know how the movie comes across, and then again, what it's really saying. So why don't you start with, what makes this movie so great? Because I've got a couple things written down myself, but what to you really makes this movie stand out? What makes it different than all, because it was different, you know, it made more money worldwide than most foreign films do it. It has a, a a significant, like, place in an American streaming service, a majority American streaming service. So I'd say the story itself is pretty unique, but <coughs> that story can be applied to, I'd say, m- most countries in the world, most places, because it's ah, literally yeah. just about someone sitting in their ivory tower in a lap of luxury while people who are struggling to get by have to do something to yeah, get by. Yeah, see, see a door open, essentially. Yeah, yeah I think I think that's, Which is that's very, a good point. Which is very real in America, that, that's as well as point. many other countries. Yeah, and I mean, I think, I think that is where the story really stands out. Um on one point because you know it's a story that's been told before again and again but it's told in a different way and for me my favorite thing about this film and i've got so many examples and so many things is that there is not a single moment wasted there's there's a term in film called chekhov's gun you familiar with uh so chekhov's gun is is said by chekhov Chekhov. I i can't remember his first name that's 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 on me um but his idea is if you're going to introduce a gun, like, you know, here's my gun mounted on the wall in the first Anton act. Chekhov, Anton Chekhov. Anton It must be used by the end of the movie. The idea being that no detail can be wasted. Why bother with pointless monologues about things if they're not going to be used? Why bother with a character pointing it out or focusing on it? And this movie... And that's where Red Herrings are an extension of that. Ex- yes, exactly. Like a fake and Chekhov's gun. Exactly. And this movie, for one, I would say, in general, there is no detail missed. Every single thing has a purpose. And I got a couple examples we'll get to, but one of them that is my favorite that is technically a Chekhov's gun, sort of, and probably the most un- uh, unnoticed is when the family is planning the next stage. They're planning how to, I think, get the dad to be the driver, which, again, all spoiler in effect for this film. And they're talking over a pizza at pizza, inter- uh, pizza, what is it? 
I think it's Pizza Enterprise or something like I think that. Enterprise Pizza. Inter- yeah, which is the place they worked at. That shows up later just to be there as the guy aggressively throws down a pizza because they don't need him anymore. They don't have to work there anymore, which I thought was an interesting detail. And as they're eating their pizza, it zooms in on the pizza as they spray a sauce packet on one slice of the pizza, which is the exact same sauce. Not the okay, the same brand sauce packet they use to fake the blood for the to convince the mom that the nanny has tuberculosis. Like that is just. That is absurd to me because they didn't have to, you know, they didn't, they was, they didn't need to be that detail, you know, but it, everything is foreshadowed. Everything is sort of told, you know, every, it just, it's, I really, that's what I really liked about it is that every single thing you'll notice and you'll notice it again later. I watched it just for the second time last night and the second rewatch is so much better than the first watch in my opinion, because there's so much more you notice. Um, but that's just one of my favorite things about it is that there is no detail that goes unnoticed and unused everything is important everything serves a purpose you know the bizarre um the husband in the basement lighting the lights in one of the most bizarre scenes ever worshiping mr park right and everyone's like like when we watched the first time my friends we all kind of laughed we're like what is happening with this movie because it took a total you know it completely elevated to the next level at that point and he like worships Mr. Park and you're thinking this is very weird. And later on that serves the point uh, to be the Morse code at the end. And you know that not to mention the man who kills Mr. Park later is apologizing to this picture as if he wor- almost worships it too. Everything is connected. I just, I really, really liked that because that much like the plot really transcends, you know, films from any industry, right? Foreign films, American films alike. When plot, when plots like that connect and when everything matters, it really elevates the story to another level, I would say. But so this movie's <clears throat> a pretty thinly veiled uh, criticism of capitalism. We're not going to go too much into that, but it is, like it is what it is. it is what people thought the Joker was going to be about. Yeah, like like but although like, we live in a society of nonsense, that's what this movie's quite literally. The Park family lives in an ivory tower. Like li- their house is white, and they live on a hill. It's yeah. an ivory tower. And then you could even this movie is full of symbolism. You could even say uh, the the guy that lights up the lights. I can't remember his name. The nanny's husband is someone like a class class betrayer that worships the rich. He literally lives under them and worships them. So if you want to yeah. go really deep into it, I and, think I don't think anything's wasted. I think all of it's supposed to be symbolic in some yeah. manner. And I mean, again, you've got you've got the smell, and I think you've got. One scene that's very, I, I would say, important, especially to the beginning of the movie, is the fumigation scene at the very beginning of the movie when they're folding the pizza boxes. And the, the, they say close the window on the dad of the family whose coup is, let me just make sure we've, who is uh, played by Kong Ho Song. His name is Kai Taik as uh, the, the character's name. And I would say in that moment when he says, leave the window open, you know, free fumigation, and then they're all calling as he continues to fold his box. But that establishes what? him as the, as like supposedly supposed to be the leader. You know, it's he spoke. He will do anything in order to get where he wants to be. Essentially, did you say. notice that after, like the pizza lady comes to pick up the box, she said only one in four yeah. of them was right. So I'm guessing the dad was the only one that folded them correctly. Is how I took it. No, no, he said only one in four of them were wrong. So they were wondering which oh, one of them messed it up. It's probably the dad then. I think I think that was part of that was part of the joke as he's lo- looking at the videos and whatnot. Um, but I thought you said know, one in four was right. I was like, oh, then and the I, I, really I think I think crazy. that's one thing as well where you know you sort of realize this guy's going to do anything, right? He's going to do whatever he can, and then, um, you know, there's another part where he speaks to the man in the basement. He says, "How could you live down here?" And then the man says the semi people that live in semi basements are basically the same thing, and that's where they live, mm-hmm. which is just which is again excellent. Every single line is used for something, you know. There's no, there's another line that one of my favorite lines from the, from the movie actually said by the uh, the mom of the rich family whose name I cannot remember, um, but she says I don't trust anyone anymore except except recommendations from people I know very well, and you're like, do do you? And it just shows how. How naive they really are, and even better, I would say, what is your favorite scene from the movie? Because I have a couple in mind that are both just from you know. Obviously, everybody loves the climax. What's your favorite scene from the film? Uh, the, I think when uh, I really, I, I mean, like that the ending, like the scene where uh, Kevin, which is his English name, I can't remember his. his uh yes, Korean his name. His name is Kiwoo, actually. 
when he goes and sees the Morse code that his dad's doing. I really like that scene. Yeah. Yeah, and then he talks about how he's going to get really rich and buy the house. But I first time I watched it, I was like, oh, that's an awesome ending. But then it wasn't the ending. So did you, did you see how that related to the dad's uh, plan monologue from <laughs> earlier in the movie? Because when they're sitting in the tent in the tent slums, the, um, as as they escaped the house uh, during the rainstorm where they had uh, the, the old nanny and the man below the in the basement, they had to lock, tie them up, they escaped and they're running through the rain and... Uh, his daughter and son both ask him, "What's the plan? You know, what, 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 what are we gonna do?" And he says, "Don't worry, I have a plan." And they get to the gymnasium that's been turned into a refugee place because of all the rain and whatnot. And the son looks to me, he says, "What was your plan?" And the father says, "I'm just gonna read the whole quote because I really think it's amazing, and or I'll at least read most of it." He says, "Quote: You never know what kind of, or you know what kind of plan never fails. No plan, no plan at all. You know why? Because life cannot be planned. Look around you." Did you think these people made a plan to sleep in the sports hall with you? But here we are now, sleeping together on the floor. So, there's no need for a plan. You can't go wrong with no plans. We don't need to make a plan for anything. It doesn't matter what will happen next. Even if the country gets destroyed or sold out, nobody cares. Got it? And essentially, this is sort of the collapse of the father figure in some way in front of his son's eyes almost, even though the son, this only makes him grow because... You know, he sees that his dad has never really had a plan, which is hinted at when they mentioned the many businesses that this family has had and then failed. They're like, when were you a car? Between the cupcake or before the pizza place? Whatever, stuff like that. All the places that went belly up, right? And that connects to the end because the end, what does the son do? He makes a plan. Not listening to what his father said. Don't make a plan. And you get hopeful because you're you're seeing this plan plan and you're like, this is it. Is they're going to do it. And then right, they pull you right back and say, he just made the plan. Doesn't mean it happens. And that directly connects to that, to the point about not wanting to make a plan because, in essence, he gets his hopes up for a reality that may not take place. Because in reality, how is his dad going to survive that long? I don't really know. You know, nobody knows. And I, I thought that was excellent because, again, every moment down to the last scene where it says, take care. I mean, that's just that, that, that was one of my favorites um, to me because it was just... So, um, just again, another moment used, another another monologue with a purpose to it, right? And another scene I really liked um, is the scene where the family, where the rich family goes away, so the whole uh, poor family comes into the apartment, right, or to the house, and they decide to enjoy themselves and party and whatnot, and they're all drinking, and they say, if I or one of them says. If I had all this, I would be kinder. And that's a whole representation of what they think they are versus what they actually are. You know what I mean? Did you see, did you see some of that, Davis? Yes. I This movie, Alex, I, I'm like flustered over here. I was just, I was thinking about what I was going to say. Say your thing. Let me think over what I was well, trying to say. Essentially, because the throughout the movie, they... They believe they are better than them. They criticize the rich family for all their stupidity, and rightfully so. They are very naive, and they're just trusting of these people. But then this scene is the penultimate scene for the family and seeing where they are because they're like, if I was this rich, I would be kinder. And the dad says, isn't this grand, so full of class as they are just eating on this table? I mean, it's just, it's a, I mean, there's just food everywhere, and there's bottles of alcohol just everywhere. And it's anything but, but they believe because this is where they live that they have the class. They're like, hey, we're here. We're in the ivory tower. We have it. Not because they earned it. Not because what they're doing gets gets them it. Because they're there. Because they automatically have it. Because they believe they are better. And then later on, they res- the, the nanny says the same thing. You disgusting people, how could you? As she has hit her husband in a basement from the debt collectors that he incurred. She says, how could you? You... You people are foul or whatever, something like that. And I think it's just great because it shows how they believe these are sort of symbols of success, like where they live and whatnot, when in reality, it does nothing. Like, they sit there and say, such class, based on what? You know? And I, these people, uh, and somebody, one of the quotes is, I think the daddy says, money irons everything out. Money makes things easier, essentially, is what he says. Money makes people better. It creates being nice, essentially. And then the the, uh, the mom says, if I had this much money, I'd be nice too. And it's like, that's just, it's clear what they believe versus what reality is because you can see it in them. They're not. They're not nice people. They're swindling these people out of, not, not swindling out of money, but, you know, I mean, they're lying, you know. 
like the son, he does know English, but he didn't go to, you know, he doesn't, he didn't have the diploma or anything. Same with all of them. And like, you almost kind of root for them, but at the end of the day, I feel like there's a debate to be had there if, I, they, if they were doing how wrong were they? I mean, how how wrong are the okay? Think of it this way, I would say, because naturally you're supposed to dislike the rich family because of the smell, because that's the that's the you know the climax of the film is the father realizing that he smelled that um, Mr. Park smells. Um, the basement man again is just revolted by the scent. Something they've been talking about throughout the series is how these the poor people just have this scent about them. And again, it it showed him in this in his moment of crisis as his son is seizing, he still has those prejudices about the smell of these people of poorer people, and that is certainly a flaw, right? But he never does. Mister Park never acts out in any way about that. You know, he never fires these people because they smell bad. Or because he thinks they're poor, because he thinks they're revolting, and I would say, sure, you can criticize him and the family for having these sorts of prejudices and whatnot, but still, lying to a family deliberately is not the right decision. No, either. but if you look at it not on the individual level, on the like societal level, I feel like there can be an argument made about how. It's like, are you allowed to steal a piece of bread? This is uh, parasites, obviously, much more spring, extreme. Are you allowed to steal a piece of bread to feel your fam, feed your family? It's like an ethical debate. Are you allowed to swindle a rich person so that you can be brought out of poverty? Okay, that that is fair. However, I would say if that was all their intent, I think, but it kind of sort of devolved into, haha, look at us, we've got them. They've where it's not it wasn't just about survival of the and that can be a criticism of what money does to people I, I, but, I mean like Robin Hood's obviously historically a pretty uh famous character and what does Robin Hood do well he steals from he steals from the rich and gives, gives back to, to the, the poor. poor but that is that is the rich stealing from the poor as well and in, in that sense Cause it's it's essentially in, in that story tends to go the unruly dictator king is taxing people relentlessly and Robin Hood takes the money back but it's People don't care about the actual plot of Robin Hood. They just know Robin Hood as he steals from the rich and gives to the poor. True. And, and the, people like Robin Hood. People are like, Robin Hood's awesome. Most people, I'd say. People people admire Robin Hood for his virtuousness in stealing and giving it back to the poor people. Now, I would say that that, that is a thing, but in this movie, you see how that how they they actually just... Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not comparing Robin Hood to them. They, I'm just saying there's a, a admiration for Robin Hood, and I'm sure there's, if there's not Robin Hood, I'm sure Robin, people in Korea and South Korea know about Robin Hood, but there's probably, in different areas, there's different stories similar to Robin Hood. If You know what I mean? Does that true, make sense? True. However, I think you do see this family sort of devolve into what they are going after because there's there's this scene where um the man is like the drunk guy is running around their the front of their house or whatever or the, or apartment and at the beginning of the movie they believe they're they're sort of on the similar level to them so all they do is yell but they're like eh, it doesn't matter but then they get this feeling of being established when they make all this money so the next time the father and the son go out there together and chase the man away with water and whatnot and stuff like that because they because they believe and that's a criticism of money. They believe they've, they've, they've attained some sort of some sort of status based on nothing at all, really, especially based on essentially swindling people. Because it's I've been driving for thirty years. Yeah, okay. And that's an obvious obvious symbolism there. And then yeah, and then the whole tuberculosis nonsense. Which because what what is different between the first time they encountered the drunk man and the second time? They have money. There you go. So they think they have more class because they're Indeed. richer yeah, than him. Exactly. It, yeah, that's the thing is that that's one thing I like about it is that nobody's really in the right. The movie doesn't root for anybody. Yeah. It kind of does. It chooses it does. the main character is arguably the dad. But I, I don't think the movie actively roots for anybody because I think, you know, you see the dad's own flaws in his I have no plan nonsense where in reality Well, you can show a character's flaws and still have them as your main character and rooting for them. True, but I, I don't know. I, I I think one of the things it's it it feels more of a neutral commentary than a direct you know. Here's this stance we're taking that is that some of these characters represent because they again the dad is the one who says this is such class watching the rainfall on our lawn, not your lawn, and you're all sitting there. 
I mean, it's not like they're having this fine dining experience anyway. They just got trash spread across the table and in the kitchen as well. And, I mean, I just think it's interesting because I think that in regards to just that, I think it's very sort of neutral and this is what happens to anybody, you know, from, from the top down, you know. Everybody's obsessed with this superiority. You know, the uh, the nanny and, or the maid and her husband believe they are superior to these people for swindling the parks, right? And then this family believes they are superior to them for living in the basement. And, you know, and and the and the, the nanny begging, right? The mom is like, how could, that's ridiculous. Have some, like, she, she I don't remember what she says, but she basically asks her to, like, have some sort of class. I think it's just every, the whole movie is just people looking down at other people to sort of raise them up from the bottom because they don't want to be you know, where they are. They want to be able to say, hey, I am I am above you because you are beneath me. And it go, I think it goes throughout the movie. But why Why do they think they're above them? I mean... And, 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 because you know, how, how luxurious they think they are, how much money they... Exactly. Or how much capital exactly. yeah. they yeah, think I mean, they I, have. I, I, I think I agree with that. I, I feel mean, like the criticisms the movie are trying to make are pretty clear. Oh, yeah. I, uh, to some people, Elon Musk quite liked this movie and posted about how it makes so much sense. When he's literally the Park family that they're, like, I mean, like, he is. Like, he's the symbolic version, or they're the symbolic version of him. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but, yeah, I just, I really think it's great. And I want to watch yeah, more, of, more of the director's films. There's one called Memories of Murder that I really so want to see. Really stars the same guy who plays the dad, actually, yeah, the, as well. I think the dad, the guy who plays the dad, also called, stars in one called like Taxi Driver or something like that. Taxi Driver? Not, not the obviously not the Robert De Niro yeah. one. It's something like that though. I didn't know there was another one. If there is, I don't think that's uh, Bong Joon Ho. Oh, I'm not sure how you say it. I, I feel bad. I, I didn't mean to mess that up. But let's. I, I'm about to find it for you. It is called. Uh, is he? Or maybe that's a different. Yeah, a ta- a Taxi Driver. Oh, okay. He's also in Snowpiercer. Um, He's the which, yes. guy with the beard. And and I would say if you've seen if you've not seen Snowpiercer, Davis, it's a that's I have not, seen Snowpiercer. Excellent I just, movie. I just I just said what character he was in it. That's right. That's right. That's an excellent movie. I think that's one we should do on the podcast ourselves as well because that is also very much about class, essentially. Yes. More, for more, lack of a better term, as as the great be the shoe moment, which is one of my favorite moments from that movie. Um. But yeah, I just first of all, props to the to the cast of this film. Everybody's excellent. Down to uh down to the character of Dasong played by Hyun Jun Jung. I apologize if I'm butchering any of these names. I'm just trying my best, I must admit. Um but I think like he, that he's the youngest uh character in this film and he's excellent. He really is great, I think. And I just I just love how everything serves a purpose, you know. Um, like the kid's obsession with Native American culture then leads to what happens at the party and why there's that iconic sort of clip of the dad with the headdress. Like everything leads to that, you know. It's everything's connected. The rock that the son is obsessed with is what ends up giving him the brain damage, right? You know, like that's just. I think that's just a really cool part. Also, um. You know, you know one thing that I noticed, um, and this this is uh, a bit of a, this is a bit of a catch or a bit of maybe maybe a bit of um what's the word, a reach. So there's a scene where um where um they find the the man uh, in the basement finally gets out and he starts crawling up the stairs in this sort of animalistic way, and you're supposed to think that's so bizarre. You know, it's so like. Like why? Why is that a thing that happens? And then when the when the family realizes that the rich family is coming home, the eld- the eldest son goes to return the diary, and he runs up the stairs in the exact same way. And I think it's that's meant to maybe show that they're more equal than we're supposed to think, you know, because they're all saying one thing or another to each other, how one is more equal than the other, or yada yada, or one is better than the other, or yada yada yada. When in reality, that uh, that that doesn't mean it's exact. It's the exact mo- movement and everything. And I, I thought that was very interesting because I think maybe I'm reaching here. Might and, be. But I mean, but I know, like, if I, I'll show you the clip sometime. I know he, what he it is. He runs up the exact same way. And I'm thinking, why would he do that? Well, what's the point of that? And this, that's the thing is, this movie makes me think that because everything has a point. The little sauce pack 
package what they used to convince that they the, the that, ladies to Okay, look, look, look. That's impressive. That's not as I mean, like they had to set up the sauce pack, so they did. I mean, I know that's but, not that's not equatable to oh, this guy ran up the stairs similar to this guy. So, but they, they didn't have the reason they didn't have to. Have what if that shows how some people run upstairs in Korea, South Korea? I doubt it is. Could have fooled like me. On all fours. Could have fooled me. Exactly. That's what it was. But like maybe we we don't know. We never. Been, I've never been to South Korea. I, look, all I'm saying is it's it was so similar, like carbon copy form. It seemed like the I I just think I feel like because there remember there's so many things about the basement man where um the dad is speaking to him and he's like why would you do this why would you do that and he's like isn't that what you do you know he's like he's like. Why do you do this for the lights every day? And he's like, where's Mr. Park? And, you know, then he uses the Morse code. And he's like, that's so absurd. Why? Why? And then he uses that, right? He uses both those. And then he's like, how could you live down here? And he's like, isn't isn't that what your apartments are? And he's like, okay, you're right. And I feel like that's the point again where it's like, aren't they aren't they similar? Again, maybe it's a reach. I would recommend everybody watch the movie and watch over that clip. I will show it to you later, Davis. Because I think I think I think I think it'd be interesting um to see to see what you think. But or Davis, do you want to pause right now and look at it? No, I don't. No, no. Why not? That's more editing that we have to do. You're the one going to be editing. Yeah, so I'm fine I with it. I don't really want to see it. Oh my! I gosh. watched the movie last night. I don't. Know oh my gosh. Right. Um, fine, 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 fine. Um, so I also think it the fact that it's a slow build to where it goes. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't even. Nothing's a nothing's a a jump. You know, it's not. The son gets to be the tutor, and then the whole family's there in 15 minutes. It's, you know, progressively over the course of an hour, you really even get to that point. But, Davis, again, just what what are some other things you noticed about this movie and things you liked about it? I know you want to talk more about its implications and stuff, so you can keep going with that if you'd like as well. Just really just take it any way you want. I think there's a lot to go about this movie. Well, first off, there's been the rumor that they're going to make an English remake for a while now. No! It's gonna be a, <clears throat> but it's came out that it's not going to be a remake. It's going to just be in the same universe. It's going to be an English HBO series. So... I'm not sure what the point I, of that is. I, I, I as it, long as the director is firmly involved, I'm pretty sure he's not. But the thing is, like, what universe is that? The regular world that just happens to do <laughs> deal with the dichotomy, or not the dichotomy, the relationship between rich and poor people. That's that's not a universe. That's just us. That's that is so the world lazy. we live in currently. That's so stupidly lazy. That annoys me, honestly. Just make your own thing and don't say it's in the same yeah. world as Parasite. Have, have your own commentary on society and make that. Don't don't say I can imagine how watered down the American version would be. Because yeah. American cinema, popular American cinema, isn't big on making commentaries on uh, economic inequality. Yeah. I mean, if they I, do, I think, if they do, it's pretty surface level. I think popular American cinema is just not big on making commentary in general because they don't sell tickets. Mm. Parasite being the exception, but that's because I think Parasite excels at so many other things that most people don't even notice it was a commentary until they. Well, yeah, Elon Musk didn't. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So like that, that, but like even then, you know, most people don't know how. Because I, I think this movie is very obviously a lot of things, but it's subtle in a way. In a way, I would say to where if you really aren't, you know. Going in with that knowledge and paying so much attention, I don't know if you would notice. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know if you would notice that it is that. And I think that's part of what what ma- made it so much money. But keep keep going with that thought, Davis. I'm not sure what to say. Davis I was, just, I was out just of words. When I was, I, I kind of am, but I was just thinking about how the movie is called Parasite. So they're getting you to root for the parasite in the movie. Ah, but then also calling them a parasite still negative connotation. I and, get technically, yeah, and and parasites are of course bad. In or general. you, they could also say, I feel like you could probably make the argument that the rich family is the parasite in some way. There, it's definitely there. I don't agree with that actually. I'm not saying that I agree with it, but I'm sure you could make the argument. I, I don't think so because I mean, a parasite. The idea is that it lives off of something else, and and I, the rich people live off the pe- poor people staying poor. But I mean, in in this movie, more they direct- live off work. They are taking other people. They're making other people work. They don't. That family doesn't do anything. Well, Everybody I mean, else does everything for them. The dads. They don't drive. They don't go to school. That's a good point. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah they don't yeah, cook. Yeah. They don't clean. They probably don't even put their kids to bed. Don't dress their kids. You got. You get where I'm going with it. You got me. Yeah, I, I, I took a little convincing, but I, not. Th- I feel like you could go both ways with the I, parasite I think, name. I think you definitely could because again, they're you know living in their house, and, and then and then of course the they do guy. they do all the work for these rich people, and they have to go back and live in their little basement because they don't. I mean, they get paid, but like, how much are they really getting paid? 
I mean, they seemed like a lot. That's the one thing I, 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 one thing I do. If I, if I ever were to have a criticism, which I really don't of this movie, I, I wish it was more under. I guess that's it doesn't really serve the purpose of the movie, but I wish there was more to really know about how much were they making. You could probably tell by she counts the money. True, but she takes some of the money out but of like, the envelope. Uh, she, I don't know why. I do wonder why she did that. I maybe. Oh, that maybe that's that's supposed to point to her greed or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, because. In fact, that's another thing is like she seems so naive, but even that point, it's like, is there something she's playing at? Nobody really knows. It's an um, unhappy marriage. Hey, yes, indeed. That that is well. That they is seem well. so happy because they're all rich and stuff, but are they really? Exactly. Exactly. Because they, because as the poor family says, money would make us nicer. The rich family sees that money. And the poor family anything. seems pretty in love. Are not in love with each other. Like I they disagree, love each other. Actually. I thought there was a lot of tension because I mean the, there was tension, in, yeah, but they they still loved each other. I would say the, in, the husband and wife loved each other still. I didn't. For me, I got more of the vibe that maybe they would have, but they were also focused on advancing in society that they almost didn't. They 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 didn't. You see there. You see moments of intimacy between the husband and I, wife, I and that. even the mom and the son when she becomes the housekeeper. So it's obviously saying that the poor people are able to have a strong relationship family-wise than the rich people that's are. That's true, that's true. But, uh, okay, yeah, that's that's fair. That's the, fair. I guess the son barely ever sees the dad. Just overall, that yeah, okay, that, yeah, yeah, that's fair. I guess just overall, because they have that drive towards money and... The mom doesn't understand the kid's drawings at all. She has to get an outside art teacher to comprehend the, his drawings. The schizophrenia zone had me losing my mind. I was like, what in the world? I think that might be a real thing, actually. It is interesting, though. Yeah, he did have the same spot in every single painting. Fascinating, isn't it? What does that mean, Davis? What does it mean? Let's, I wonder if it's real. There's no way. The lower right region. Is this schizophrenia? Let's, no, oh, I'm on. Not. I'm on Reddit right now, so let's find out. Reddit? <laughs> you really just said, I'm on Reddit. Let's yeah, find out. find out. You keep talking over there. I'll figure it out. I'm trying my best. One thing, Davis, what do you think of the score? The uh the soundtrack I thought it was excellent. Like the thing is with me scores usually like I don't really notice them most of the time. Really. Oh. Also, here is a pretty cool poster that pretty much spells out the movie for you. It is a staircase with the rich family on top walking up, and the other side it is the upside down. It is the poor family walking that's down. That's cool. So I mean that's pretty pretty Ooh. much spells it out. Hold there. up, how about how about this thing? Um, did you see a connection in this? Um, maybe this was more just meant to be like a oh haha moment. How the the movie opens with them not getting cell reception, right? Uh huh. And even then, when they're in that in the basement of that house, in the bowels of it, they still have. Was that supposed to be like a little bit? Of, oh, even here, probably was a callback. In this, I mean, in this low of a moment, in this place, as disgusting as it is, they still have cell reception. I thought that was interesting. Again, I mean. This movie has so many for so much foreshadowing, so many callbacks, so many planned things that it's just it really is um, exceptional in how it does that. And I think another thing is you can see on their faces when the when the family starts to just improvise it, and you know, sees another opportunity to expand their plan and go to phase whatever and this and that. I just it's just really good. Um, one thing, Davis, um, I'll admit I did not notice on the first run-through is I did not notice the reason he stabbed Mr. Park was because of the smell. I, did, I, I somehow missed that. I was like, I guess, but I didn't notice the repulsed look on his face when he smelled the basement guy until this time I was watching. I was like, okay, it all makes sense, obviously. But that was something that I thought was cool because I did not in particular notice that in the moment. But Schizophrenia zone is not real. She well, made it up. Yeah. Well, she did say she made she up She said everything. she Googled art therapy and made it up. There you go. I mean, because she probably here's what she probably did. She probably Googled art therapy, saw main terms. Like I'm sure you can probably do some sort of relate. I don't know if it. I well, mean, I feel like it's real. It has to be. But I just wonder. I wonder to what extent. We just said it was contrived, or I just saw it. What do you mean? The schizophrenia zone. Was well, I mean, contrived. okay. I, I mean, art therapy in general. Oh, art therapy. I, 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 I wonder, like, how deep they can go. I mean, like, because how much you can look at people that have schizophrenia, you can see their drawings, and you can obviously kind of tell. Ah, okay, that's what I was wondering. I was wondering, like, they're really just a lot of them are pretty disturbing, to be yeah. honest. That's that's what. I, yeah, like, there's that... one. Okay, so are it's we just sp- like is a depiction of their mind in some way? Interesting, interesting. Um, you know what I'm wondering? I'm wondering how she figured out there was something that happened in the first grade. Do you think the kid just he told her? Told her, yeah. Ah. Uh, the kid was sitting on her lap every time he was true, drawing, true, true, so they're probably true, 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 true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, 
But man, I just you really didn't notice the music. I usually, I mean, like I usually don't. I would recommend. I, I, I have the the like the one song that's like the main thing with the violins um, that I'll send you because it's it's amazing. It really is one of the one of the better scores of 2019. Now, Davis, do you believe this film deserved to win Best Director and Best Picture? Yes. I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna. Yeah, yeah. And where where does this? Uh, one thing is, I don't believe either of us um, had uh, had any. Um, had this in our top ten, did we? Top ten favorite movies? Yeah, I do not believe. Look, here's the thing with this movie for me. There's a few. Mo- there's a few movies that uh, when I think about them, what mo- what year was this movie? 2018, 2019. Yes, 2019. Where is it? Mm. 2019. I- yeah, thank you, Alex. That really helped. I'm looking for it on um, the Oscar website. There it is. Best Picture. Okay, this is not it. Uh oh. So this would be the. So technically, it was the 2020 one. I think. Yeah, it was. But there's a few movies like I watch them once. I never want to watch them again. This is one of them. Really? Like I genuinely love this movie. First time I watched it, but like it stressed me out so much that like same thing with Uncut Gems. That's another one. Twelve Years a Slave. I never want to watch again. Come and see, which I watched recently. I'm probably never gonna watch again. It's just like, I don't know, there's just a few movies like that for me. Like, I've seen them, check it off the list, I really like it. I'm probably not going to forget what happens in that movie. Don't ever have to see it again now. Parasite yeah. was one of those for me. I, Ma- I, Magnificent movie, loved it. I wouldn't say it's top ten favorite for me. I do really, really like it, though. But I don't want to watch it. Like, last night was like, it, I, I enjoyed it last night, but it was still like a trudge. Because I, I knew it was going to happen, it was going to be stressed. Yeah, I, I really, I still like those movies like that. That's where I think we differ is that I can rewatch most anything. One movie, some movies I can't. Most watch. of my stuff I can rewatch, but there's just Uncut Gems. I've seen it basically one and a half times. Mm-hmm. Never. I've never it seen it actually. I need to. Super I know. Stressful. I know. Maybe we, we could do a podcast episode on that. But yeah, I don't want to watch um, it again. Well, you know what, Davis? We do what we can for the people. Okay. People don't want to watch that or listen to that about I how mean, stressful I, it is. I don't know. I maybe. They can hear. They can make sure that we also agree with them that it's absolutely um, insane. Um, but yeah. So Davis, any other big things to add on our covering of Parasite? Except, of course, my my main statement right now: watch foreign films, and if you're gonna yes. watch this one, don't care about the subtitles. Listen it to is, foreign music too. It is two hours and twelve minutes, and it is worth it. Get out of your American bubble. There's a lot more in the world than America. And specifically with within within our within our um our area of film, there is quite a bit. I yes. mean, it really, it really can't be uh overstated just how much there is, especially in movies like. I mean, this movie's amazing. I'll really say is. something. Those Soviets knew how to make movies. Say what you will about the Soviet Union. There I've are some never, great directors from the Soviet Union. I, I have not I have not seen a Soviet Union movie yet. Maybe we'll do a podcast on that somewhere down the road. There's the there's the Lost Lord of the Rings one. I don't want to watch that, Dan. You don't? No, it looks awful. It does look awful. But I mean like I mean that's just like Tarkovsky's if you ever heard of Tarkovsky. Yeah, no, I have. Yes. He's from the Soviet Union. I mean, like, I'm not gonna just speak only about Soviet Union directors. Obviously, there's so many directors. Obviously, uh, how do you forget his name? Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon Ho. Okay, obviously he's amazing. There's uh, the guy that made Pain and Glory. I can't remember his name right now. Davis, I this is your wheelhouse. Break- I know. I just completely forgot his name. Well, why don't you Google it for a second? Well, but yeah, I think I think I think I I concur with Davis's point. I mean, we've watched these foreign films so far. This is Expedition Day. Three. Pedro Almodovar. Ah, yes, that's right. That's right. We've watched this. I think this is our third expedition in into foreign films so far, and yeah, they're great. They've been really, really, really good. Like, I some of them not as enjoyable. Roma, not not enjoyable. Like, great movie, but like, come on. Alfonso Curion, there's another one. Oh yeah, he he's yeah yeah he's great. Oh my gosh, he's amazing. And also, if you start getting into film, French movies have usually been on the like the forefront of experimental true yes i mean everything that Cleo everything, 9 to 5 is one of the best everything that was avant-garde in hollywood in 1980 oh yeah where did avant-garde was, come from yeah, was done in france in 1950 yeah that, that that is that is very much the case um america's ho- hollywood was kind of contrived during that time it, like there wasn't really many going like there wasn't really many experiments. I, 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 I mean there was obviously i but would like, say i would say hollywood is catching up not not necessarily as in they're going to match anybody but i think with you know the creation of places like a24 and really direct 
director-oriented films that, you know, are much more artistic than, hey, we need to make money really, 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 really fast. I think we're seeing America catch up in that regard. Not not so much in terms of, you know, the evolution of techniques, stuff like that, but I think we're definitely seeing a more, you know, director-oriented, not, hey, studio needs $250 million, make us that money or whatever. So, But again, yeah, watch foreign films. Don't hesitate with subtitles. It's worth it. You just got to pay a little extra attention, but that's okay. Get a little thing of popcorn that's and, good just, for you. and just watch it. Get a little thing of popcorn and just watch it. But, Davis, anything else to add before we head out? Nope. Uh, Davis has nothing left, and that means that'll about do it for Through the Lens on WGL 91, or brought to you by WGL 91.1 FM. And I would say you can follow us along at Through the Lens Weagle. That is Through the Lens W-E-G-L. You don't have to put the underscores anymore if you just search that up. It's the only one that comes up, so we're good on really? that front, actually. Yes, yes, awesome. yes, 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 yes. Um, so yeah, you can follow us along there. Let us know any movies you'd like us to watch, like us to review, like us to discuss. If you'd like to come on the show and talk to us about a movie or TV show or anything of the above, by all means, contact us there and let us know. You can also email us as well, but that's listed uh, in our Spotify profiles. This next episode will be up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And next week, we'll be breaking down the Spider-Man trilogy. Oh, is that what we decided on? Yes, I believe Spider-Man 1, 2, 3, the Raimi trilogy, composed by Danny Elfman with Tobey Maguire as the lead. The first, I think, theatrical Peter Parker so far. We'll discuss that then. But yeah, that'll be our next episode. And once again, we thank you for joining us. Don't forget to watch Parasite if you haven't already and watch a number of foreign films. They're really amazing. And we will see you next time.